My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I am talking to Jillian Abbey. She's an executive storyteller and an, an author of a wonderful new Hay House book that she will be telling you about. Um, our title today is How Your Internalized Bias Can Keep You Small. And uh, Jillian's story is one of coming out, of being herself, of living out and proud. Um, and whether that is, you know, gender identity, sexuality, alternative lifestyle, just being a spiritual being and being afraid of it, <laughs> to admit that to your friends and family, there's a, a lot of times when we don't speak our truth and we don't show up as who we are, our intuition can't quite get to us. I teach this to my clients and my students in my program. Um, our throat chakra is a powerful, you know, kind of spit valve <laughs> that expresses who we are and our intuition will give us direction. If we don't speak that, if we don't live it, we're not going to get that next direction. So Jillian's going to talk about how she let it all out and, and all the wonderful things that have been happening for her ever since. So welcome, Jillian. How are you today? Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited already. This is a topic I love to talk about and I love the connection that you make between intuition and our voice. Thank so. you. Yeah, super important, super important. So you've got a new book. Um, what's it called again? It's called Perfectly Queer. Love it. Uh, love it. Yeah. With Hay House, uh, yeah. you know, my dream publisher. So I'll definitely pick your brain about that. Um, and then you've got a podcast and you've got a nonprofit that um, helps develop safe and welcoming dances for school kids. So you're doing a lot in this realm of just bringing, bringing these conversations forward and making people feel safe. And that's something that you've done in your own life. So can you share a little bit about what, what you do as an executive storyteller, creating the space and what you want to do with your book as well? Oh, sure. Well, the executive storytelling is an exciting new um, business and, and area that I've entered. And what I've realized is that everyone has a story. And I think one thing we're lacking, though, is sometimes the space or even the knowledge of how to share ourselves and share our stories in a way that feels comfortable um, but is vulnerable enough that it creates connection. And where I specifically see challenges with this is in the business realm and corporate realm, where we've gotten so used to keeping things so sanitized and so perfect um, that it's, it's boring and it's sterile and it's losing connection. So really in my business now, which is a total dream job for me, I meet with corporate executives. I learn their mission and their vision uh, from a business strategy that they want to communicate to people. And then I, I tie it to their personal story. You know, tell me about your relationship with your mom. Tell me what your Thanksgiving was like. What's the best Christmas present you ever got? Let's tie that um, and, and create more humanity in our words. 
I love that. I love that so much. And, and as far as what you're doing with your book, um, you know, that's some, a conversation that's out there a lot lately. And, and yes, you, you mentioned even, we'll talk about this a little later, the vulnerability hangover of putting yourself out there so much. There's a lot of battle lines being drawn around the conversation of, of people coming out and people feeling safe in that space. So can you share kind of what that's felt like to kind of, put your personal story forward and connect with that so that you can feel like you're doing healing work in the world and, and, and yeah. opening that space up for people. It's moderately terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also wonderful and absolutely worth it. And I get messages every single day that remind me why it is so worth it to open up. Um, but I almost want to back up a little bit to the beginning of my career and, um, because I, I think in all fairness and disclosure, people have to understand that the Jill I am right now is looks so different from who I was at the beginning of my professional career when I was an auditor, I was a CPA. Mm -hmm. And that was really a time of, of don't tell your story. You know, I very much believe that in auditing, like if you can't see it, feel it, touch it, it doesn't exist. So things like intuition and energy and listening to that inner voice that was really coming from inner voice and not ego voice, it was really hard to discern that for so long. Mm -hmm. And so while part of my story is, is, is on the surface level, very high level, it is about me coming out as a lesbian at 38 years old in a craniosacral therapy session and kind of how that flipped my world on end and how I processed through that challenge of the messy middle of change. At a deeper level, though, I think it speaks to the stories. Um, and this is kind of what I was talking about as far as the, the title of today, the biases that we carry. And those biases are stories that we hear and that we internalize ourselves as far as what we're supposed to be, what we should be. And, um, oftentimes are divergent from who we are. Mm -hmm. And so at its core, this book is hopefully inspiration for other people that even if what you feel inside seems a bit incongruent with what you've been told, there is so much benefit and value and beauty in, in being aligned with who you are and listening to that voice and listening to that intuition. It was so healing for me. And as a ripple effect of that, it's been healing for my children. It's been healing for my parents and then so on and so on everyone mm -hmm. in our circle. Um, the truth and, will set you free, right? <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are so many, like the weight that was lifted. I mean, it's all true though. I, I, and and so part of the story, it was never a story where I was like, oh, people have to hear about me. I'm so fabulous. And they have to know this thing. <laughs> um, it was more kind of a story of the human potential of how we can evolve and grow, how we can come from, you know, in my case, I had a lot of internalized homophobia that I didn't even realize. If you would have asked me like, Jill, are you homophobic? I would have said, absolutely not. I have a gay friend. Um, and yet that's exactly what was keeping me from letting me be me is that I, I had a lot of learning to do. So yeah, I hope, I hope people outside of the LGBTQ will look in this story if they're looking to 
understand themselves better. But also the reality of society nowadays is that all of our lives, whether we identify as LGBTQ or not, it touches our lives. Someone we know is part of the community. And whether we know it or understand it or support it or not, um, we can all learn more about it so that we can have better conversations and better language around the conversations. Absolutely. Uh, One thing that I'm seeing about all the conversations coming up, because, you know, for me being highly intuitive, um, highly sensitive, uh, you know, just kind of feeling very different in the world back in the 80s and 90s. It was just, you know, you just kind of dealt with that. Now I'm seeing young people, you know, and, and older people bring it out and start talking about difference and talking about inclusion. And it feels great to me. I'm like, yeah, it's about time. But it's it's very interesting that you mentioned that anyone outside of this conversation can benefit because I, I totally agree with that. And I'm glad you brought it up that no, there's a lot of ways that you might feel different speaking to listeners. And, and if you hide it because you're afraid of that persecution or you've internalized that bias because of you know, something someone said to you as a, as a, when you were a child or, you know, this obvious bias going on around you, nothing changes. And then we're suppressing that intuition, that spiritual energy in the whole world, if you're suppressing it in yourself. So I think, you know, opening that up, talking about it, very, very cool. And I happen to, you know, glance at your Instagram and I noticed a story that you shared that the, the way that you came out and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you did a YouTube video and read the first chapter of your book. I thought that was so bold and cool. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm getting (laughs) sweaty already just thinking about that. So we actually just passed the the two-year anniversary of that video. I released that video on my 40th birthday and I started the video saying, hey, everyone, I wrote a book and here's the first chapter. The reality is I had no book. I had maybe three to five chapters and I really didn't know if it could be a book. Um, but I knew that I was more accountable to other people than to myself. So I felt like if I put it out there and I said it, I would have to follow through on it. And so I did put it out there and the feedback that I got from people and especially from people whom I never expected to listen, watch, and definitely not support me in it. Um, really opened my eyes to the fact that, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe this story is more, is for more people than just late in life lesbians who are on TikTok and came out, you know, during the pandemic. Um, I mean, the story is definitely for them, but, you know, maybe there is a broader audience to it. And so that was a very difficult and vulnerable moment. I was flooded with a lot of messages that day majority of them very positive. Um, but the day ended with a message from a family member who said, I love you. I don't love this. Mm. And that was really hard to take because, um, it's hard to share our stories, but when we are made to feel any sort of shame or embarrassment about our stories, I mean, that will really put a a damper on the fire to keep going. And so I am so grateful to the people around me and really so grateful to Hay House that they believed in this story. So then I believed in my story again. Um, I love that. and And I'm grateful that it's out there. 
Yeah. Can you share how, how that all happened? I'm sure it's very intuitive and magical. <laughs> how did yes. you connect with the, oh, boy. the school, you know, school slash church of Hay House? And they're like, we'll take you on and let you yeah. share your message. That's, that's not easy to do. No. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to try and do the most condensed version of this, but long story short, when my life was crumbling apart, I ended up joining a very woo spiritual women's group online which is really out of character for me. I had no idea the difference between Oracle cards and tarot cards. I didn't know anything about astrology. I only knew I was an Aries and nothing beyond that. Um, so I felt kind of like this awkward outsider in the group. And at the same time, it absolutely felt like where I needed to be. And so within that group, I learned that other women in the group were also writers. And so we formed this little subgroup and we would support each other. And one of them suggested that Hay House had this writer's community that opened up a few times a year that you could join. They said, there's a one week free seminar. And they, I, they appealed to my inner frugality. And I was like, all right, I'm there for the free seminar at least. Um, and I loved it. I loved the different writing prompts and exercises they gave us. I said, okay, I'm gonna make the investment of, I don't know, it was like maybe $200 at the time for the year. And I said, okay, I'm gonna invest in this this will also help keep me accountable in my writing. As part of the Hay House member writing community, they have a contest that you can submit your book proposal. Um, so I had every intention of doing that for a while. I would start writing the proposal and then I'd stop and I'd start again and then I would stop. And so I got to the week before the proposal was due and I met with my life coach and she said, how's it going? And I said, it's not. And she's like, well, why not? And I said, well, I just don't have enough time and it's not good enough. She knows that I'm a perfectionist. It's why the book is called Perfectly Queer. I am <laughs> Perfectionism has been a thread throughout my life. And, but she knew how to appeal to that. And so she said, can you write an A proposal by the deadline? And I was like, no, absolutely not. And she said, okay, well, if you submit nothing, you get an F. And that really hit me because I, <laughs> I want the A, but I really don't want the F. And so she said, I need you to just put forth your best B effort on this so that it gets done and gets in. And I don't say that to sound flippant, like, oh, my B work is good enough to, I just had to get it done. Yeah. In and your mind, for a perfectionist in your mind, that needs to just be the thing that gets it done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Sure. Those were the exact words that I needed to mm -hmm. flip the switch and say, okay, we're going to give this a go. So <laughs> the kids played on their tablets all weekend. I pounded out a book proposal, um, like some wild writing gremlin at my computer <laughs> and submitted it and then just kind of forgot about it. And um, because Hay House, I, I love their books. I love their authors, but I didn't see a lot of memoirs in their library. And while they've always supported queer creators, I didn't see a lot of LGBTQ subject matter books right. in their library. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I submitted, but there's not really a space for me here. I'm not their type. Two months later, I get a phone call from Reed Tracy, and I thought it was an automated message telling me that my credit card had expired. <laughs> no, it was actually Reed, the CEO of Hay House, telling me that I won. And oh. um, what I really loved about it is that he said that while they don't have a lot of books that are currently like mine, that their founder, Louise Hay, 
always had a special connection with the LGBTQ community, was a huge advocate during the AIDS crisis and a huge support. And so to honor her legacy, this was a new direction that they wanted to move forward. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So it's been a dream come true. They are such a fabulous business, a company of so many wonderful, supportive people. Um, it, it feels like a little family, but really it was just, I mean, gosh, what luck. I don't know. I, I don't know what to chalk it to up be. to, but it's it was meant just to be. meant to be. That's yeah. Right. Yep. When, and, and that, that kind of, you know, getting that kind of platform when, when you launch your truth like that, and then it's like, oh, wow, I'm really telling the whole world. That's a, that's a calling, you know, that yeah. is something that's calling you, pulling you into it. There's, you could say no at this point, probably, but it would be like going against the stream to say like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I think that's a really great example of how our spiritual callings will just kind of pull us forward. Uh, doors will open up, opportunities will open up, people will say, yes, come on, do this, or you get these clients or readers that just love what you do. So, um, so congratulations. And it feels like you're on your way to, to be a voice that needs to be heard in a space that you're right, has not had that, that kind of voice as much. Yeah. So I think that's super important. Yeah. And, and also to your point, Molly, too, like it's really been an exercise that I've had to keep growing to recognize those signs. Yeah. You know, in the past, I wanted the sign to be a very blatant, like open a fortune cookie. And it says, submit your book proposal to Hay House, Jill. <laughs> yeah. um, they don't come like that. <laughs> they do not. They do not. And so I feel like also I've been working on exercising my ability to be open to more opportunity to try and stop. And I know that a lot of perfectionists, we do this. We have a very linear path. We're focused on the end goal. And usually sometimes we can only see one path in our process. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm trying to open myself up more to, well, there's actually a lot of different end goals. There's a lot of different ways this could work out. And there's a lot of really beautiful, strange, twisted, turny paths to take. Mm -hmm. Let's see where this goes. Exactly. Exactly. You're pointing to, in, in my program, what I teach is the, the ego can be broken down into the intellect and the instincts. So this mm. intellect that overthinks everything and tries to figure it all out before it makes a move. And then the comfort zone is the instinct that, that wants to keep us safe and, and comfortable or alive. Sometimes it's a survival fear. So you're definitely, you know, seeing breaking through those and seeing the intuition is extremely creative. You're now this kind of art medium that's creating a work of art that you can't quite see yet. So it's, uh, you're the painter and the medium at the same time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I used to be an accountant and I used <laughs> I to be an accountant. So oh, this ironic. has been a big stretch. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, be before we talk about, you know, well, obviously your biggest success is everything that we're talking about, but I had a, this little question in my head and I want to ask you now. So can you share a little bit about what it was like living with the eternal bias before the coming out moment. And and it's obvious what it's been like after. It's been this wonderful roller coaster, right? And we'll talk about some of the challenges in a minute. But what was it like before and and how how did that kind of message to speak up and kind of show up as yourself come to you over time? Like in the ways that maybe you didn't listen to it or didn't weren't true about it. So, you know, I know that we have listeners out there that are dealing with stuff and they're like, oh, it keeps yeah. coming to me, but I don't know if it's real or not. So yeah. And that's such a, a real thing that I hear from so many people, particularly in the 
relate to queer community is, is this real? How do I know? That's probably the number one question I get asked is how did you know? I worked really hard to suppress my knowledge. Um, I wanted every other truth to be true, except that truth that I was a queer person. There were a lot of steps along the way. For me, the, the process, um, and for anyone who reads Perfectly Queer, they will maybe be astonished by how long the process really took. There are various points looking back at my life where I knew I was attracted to women or to my girlfriends or different things, but I didn't have words to put to it. I didn't have any frame of reference for it. Um, and then by the time I got older and I did realize what queerness was, what being a lesbian was, I had so much shame around it that I thought, well, I don't have to acknowledge that in this lifetime. Like I'm doing fine. I married my, um, my one serious boyfriend who was my college sweetheart, wonderful guy. I loved him dearly. Um, but not in, you know, like, like in the way that we love our friends dearly and, and care about them deeply, it, which is obviously different than a romantic connection. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it really wasn't until I, so I was an accountant and then I kind of did an about face in life and became a licensed massage therapist. <laughs> and I went into it thinking I'm going to do deep tissue and neuromuscular work. You know, again, see it, feel it, touch it. It's real. But that's when I started meeting people who did energy work and um, craniosacral therapy. And I was Love really, therapy. <laughs> yes. And I was, fa- I was fascinated by it. It's, you know, and for anyone who's not familiar, it's a light touch therapy that's done with the client fully closed. It uses five grams of pressure, which is about the weight of a nickel. And it just makes what I call like a hand sandwich around the person. Um, so it works at the physical level, but it also works at a somato emotional level. And so Molly, you are going to love this part because <laughs> The craniosacral therapist that I went to did a lot of work on my throat on and throat, opening yeah. up <laughs> Makes sense. my throat and my voice and making sure that when I was in a session, while you're not forced into speaking, um, they do clearly identify that if you can voice what you're feeling or what's coming up for you, it will help in the process of process of processing through it. So I actually had a craniosacral therapy session. uh, Gosh, it was probably in my early thirties or so. And in that session, I finally felt the, the, I felt compelled to share that there was a, the spot she was working. It felt like a really dark hole. And she said, what's here. And I finally could get the words out. And I said, it's related to my sexuality. And she said, tell me more. And I said, I'm bisexual. And at the time that I said it, it was a truth, but it was a half truth. It was like a way that I could acknowledge my queerness, but also not have to make any changes in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying I don't, I do not at all want to discount bisexuality because there are very, there's so many bisexuals out there. It's actually the majority of the LGBTQ, but Um, but I was not bisexual. And so voicing that started in the healing process, but it wasn't the full release that I needed. Um, 
at the end of that session, I didn't realize that the practitioner had her own beliefs about queerness. And so she shared that I uh, was confused about my feelings mm. and had made a commitment to a man and that I needed to honor that commitment. Mm. And so that was challenging because that was my intuition and my voice coming out. And then somebody saying, what you think, you know, isn't right. Oh, that's a no, no. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, oh, that's don't get me started on that. And so that, you know, and, and now in hindsight, I'm like, hello, Jill, red flag, like right there. Um, but me being the perfectionist I was, I went, I put it back on myself and I said, okay, I just need to try harder. Like what's broken, I can fix. I just need to work harder. It took me another six years and with a different craniosacral therapy practitioner before I was in a session again. Um, Interestingly enough, they were working on the exact same part of my body from the session earlier. And in that session, I was able to say, I'm, I can't remember now if I said I'm not straight or I'm gay, but it, the truth came out in the truest way that I could express it. And they fully supported me in that moment. And in that moment, that's when I really felt like not only did I acknowledge that piece of myself, but I accepted that piece of myself. And now I loved that piece of myself. It's the most fully integrated I had ever felt, which is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we want. Right. Humans. We need to be fully integrated. (laughs) But, But then here's the messy part is then I still had to get back in my car and drive home to my husband and my children and run our small business. And so honestly, that is where the challenge really started. Once I knew and accepted who I truly was and then realized the mask I was wearing that I was trying to pretend I wasn't wearing for so long that I was denying that that existed. That's really when things got difficult. And I started having more mental health issues and physical health issues, which I go into more in the book um, until the point where I had to come out to my spouse at the time because I had no other physical or mental option. Yeah. Well, so. that's, that's very interesting. Cause that's true uh, with in, like we, we were talking about earlier, any deep truth that we're holding back will then stifle the intuition and the next message. But when we know the truth and then we push it back, that's when our bodies will start talking. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's medical intuition, you know, going deeper into that, we could talk more about that. But for those out there who are holding back a truth, maybe you know that you're psychic, maybe you know that you have healing ability, or you know, things about people that you feel like you shouldn't know, or you know something about yourself that you're not comfortable with. All of those things, when we push them back, it can create those, those, it starts with that mental, emotional trouble, mental trouble, and then it'll go into the physical. And, And so many times I've heard stories or seen even clients that change something in their lives and then the health improves. Yes. You know, oh, that mysterious pain is gone or that mysterious syndrome is much better now. And I, I had it in my own life. So I, I, I know the truth of that. So beautiful example of how, you know, once you were brave and had that courage to say, I don't know what's next. I know I'm shaking up the whole foundation of my life, but I've got to speak the truth. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. And really too, you know, when your life starts to crumble around you and you have no idea what's next, that's kind of how I fell into more spirituality and really wanting to 
meet my intuition and learn more about my intuition. And my goodness, it has showed up. It has shown up for me in so many incredible ways that I'm like, I need, everybody needs to tap into this. Like this stuff's amazing. (laughs) It is pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the coincidences, the beautiful synchronicities, how everything just seemed to always line up in my life. Once I was finally feeling whole, once I didn't have that, that, that emptiness inside of me anymore, once I could be proud of who I was exactly as I was created to be, it was a huge shift. Yeah. I wish yeah. that something I could just like boop and gift it to everyone. I know, but, um, me too. <laughs> you know, you have, you, it also comes with, and this is again, why I felt like I needed to write the book because it's not easy and it takes a lot of ugliness and hard and challenge and overthinking and all the things to get there. It's not an easy road, but wow, it is so worth it. It is absolutely. And that's a great point. And even now you mentioned that, you know, with all the success that you've had, the challenge now is putting yourself out there on the big stage and, you know, any, anyone out there that has a calling, you know, that's going to create a public persona or identity. It's like, oh gosh, how do I keep all my parts intact? How do I keep this integration while I show up in front of the world at large and especially the internet at large everybody knows how fun that can be so <laughs> can you share a little bit about how the vulnerability hangover as you called it um shows up for you the the more attention you're getting for your message and the yeah. more you feel like you could be heard but it's like oh it push that down like what's that like for you lately yeah it's a constant battle of who am i to tell this story who mm-hmm. am i to to be the expert on this. Um, I I use that term very loosely. Um, And so it's been interesting because once I knew the book was coming out, then I decided, okay, I'm going to launch a blog so that people can connect with me until the book is here and hear more of my voice and my viewpoints. And then I'm going to launch the podcast and I'm going to build up my TikTok platform. And Every time that I have to hit the launch button or the publish button, there's always this fear of what if you're, what if you're wrong? What if this isn't right? What if people don't like this? What if this is the post that takes you down? Mm. It hasn't happened. I mean, it's been, like I said, the, the feedback, the connections have been overwhelming and beautiful, but I, and I have to constantly remind myself of that though. I have to prove to myself with examples of you've done this before and it's safe and it's okay. And as long as the message feels right to me, then it's okay to post. Anything that feels a little like, eh, I don't know about this one. This feels a little clickbaity or this feels, you know, inauthentic. I, I, I end up sitting on those for a while and usually I end up deleting them. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize it with putting out a book. I know there's a lot of people who think that I should only be feeling happiness now, or I should only be <laughs> feeling excitement now. I honestly thought the same thing too. But I'm a bucket full of emotion. Um, there's the anxiety. Congratulations, you're authentically human. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm like <laughs> like a real person. Um, the fear, the anxiety, the panic, the um, what did I just do? Oh my gosh, this could be the greatest thing of my life. Oh my gosh, this could. I don't know. I, I'm feeling it all right now, and 
just trying to remind myself that that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be like that. This is normal. I think that's what I have to remind myself. Like this is normal and you're not the only one. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but writing, sharing my story and every time I've put myself out there has always been so worth it. Like, I'm so, so grateful for this opportunity that I've been given in this lifetime. So that's wonderful. Well, as with all my guests, I drew a few Oracle cards for you for this situation. If you'd like me to share. Yes, please. I love oh, it. Awesome. Okay. So you can't make this stuff up. The first card I get is the blade. And this is a, actually a Hay House deck by Colette Baron Reed, uh, Alberto Viotto and Marcelo Lobos. So um, the blade is all about speaking your truth, knowing your truth and speaking it. It's the first card I pulled. Um, and crossing it here is, you know, sometimes for you, there is uh, a feeling of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you'll feel kind of this identity growing of like, I'm going to be speaking more on this. Like I will be, and I see you on a stage. I see you behind a podium. Um, I don't know if it's like a Ted talk or talking to communities or co corporations, um, you know, and then there's you that is also the ball, you know, the ball of emotions. So right. there's these kind of two sides and I see this archetype forming in you that's it's already there, but her message is shifting and changing and, and, and becoming more solid. Yeah. So, so that's where it's, I think it's perfectly okay to have that sense of, all right, I'm, I'm putting my speaker hat on, or I'm putting my like mission hat on when I go out in the world, but then, you know, privately I can, I can, Play, be playful. I can enjoy myself. I don't have to think about it all the time. Um, there's not this pressure to become a whole new person. And I think, you know, any of us that put something more authentic out there in the world, there is that challenge like, oh, I can't, can't be flawed anymore. I can't <laughs> have a bad day. Right. right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so what you're coming out of is this wonderful divine timing of getting complete and getting everything done. I, these cards are reversed. So I feel like it does kind of point to the fact that the book is it's being released the 25th, right? Of, of April. So you're like right at the edge. So it's not quite complete yet, but you know, it's time. And it's like, what is that about? Now it's just about getting really calm and clear with yourself, doing a lot of meditation, getting comfortable with the uncertainty and just enjoying the ride. Um, so that's the biggest guidance that I have coming forward for you in the next few months. Um, it's just like be, be open to wonderful surprises and open to nothing happening because those, you know, those two are both, you know, possibilities, but the more open you are to receiving, the more likely those wonderful surprises are going to come your way. Um, and so definitely you are being called to shine your light. And I do feel that you don't shine it enough. You may suppress it just a little bit <laughs> when you're afraid you're saying things that people won't like. Mm. So, so what is it about more confronting statements that you want to make that you don't make because you don't want to piss anybody off? <laughs> do you have that going this, on a little bit? This resonates. This resonates <laughs> as a queer person in Florida right now. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you got a lot to say. So it, it does feel like, you know, in some ways, if you're in intuition is telling you, hey, lay low a little bit. It's not time for that. That's one thing. But if it feels like fear, like I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I say this, make sure you can tell the difference between yeah. the two, because I feel like there's a lot of impact in those things that you want to say. Your biggest obstacle is the connection with your divine source. So uh, you may be still healing that re um, relationship with God, source, universe. What's that about for you right now? 
of just kind of healing and trusting that your mission is much bigger than yourself. Yeah, I, gosh, as much as I have so many examples of where the connection has been so strong and I've been so protected and supported every time I leap, I actually just had something come up last night where I'm like, what if this doesn't work out? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know, maybe I need 8,000 more examples in my life of, <laughs> of how spirit shows up in my life. And like, we've got you, we're supporting you. Yes. So, but yeah, this resonates a lot. Yeah, good. Yeah. It's a, it's a shift in, in identity for you of, of being a more woo woo guided person. And so that's, that's part of it is like, yeah, I'm going to let go, but you can also keep it, keep hold of that intellectual part. And that's something, I mean, you know, I teach intuition for, for goodness sakes, but I'm very intellectual also. So I've got to not, I know that I'm not going to see proof, but I need to be able to reason with it a little bit. And I feel that you do too. So it's just kind of knowing, <laughs> noting that it's coming up, oh, I'm overthinking or I'm doubting or whatever. And just, boop, I'm going to switch that to the side and see what happens anyway. And then you'll notice those thoughts just trail behind you. And, and, you know, that was yesterday's news today, things are happening. So let me stay open to that instead of trying to figure it all out. Um, the biggest challenge here of the future fears is re like any kind of feeling that you might revert or go back into a dramatic phase or that something might happen. But I feel the more you do your spiritual work and learn to find your center, that's going to be the thing that that holds you still. And, and you're on a track right now. Uh, and once we step on the spiritual development track, I feel like you all we always have something to go back to. So anytime stress overwhelms you or you get washed over in, in some kind of way, it's it's important to remember, well, I know that's still space. Let me go back to doing the activity or the meditation that brings me back there and I'll remember again. And so as you get busy, because I feel like you are going to get busy, uh, it's just a matter of, of, of having a practice that keeps you in that space. And overall, uh, right now, um, you may want to unleash the wild woman in some ways, uh, but you feel resistant or not resistant. You feel like you can't. And I feel like it has everything to do with the timing of this launch. It's like, come on, they're opening the gates. They're opening the gates. <laughs> uh, but once you are asked to share, share away. Share, don't be stingy mm. with your knowledge. Don't be stingy with what you know. Um, that vulnerability stuff it's it's hot right now i think it's gonna stay hot <laughs> thanks Brene brown um yep. you know the more honest and authentic you are the better you're gonna do um so trust yourself to to shine when when that opportunity comes and then the outcome is just keeping a balance between feeling like you need to do things on your own making sure you're trusting the guidance of your higher self and and staying connected with your your human self as well. So all the fun things with your kids, I see playing with the kids, vacations, like don't work too hard or take too much time on this. Let things happen as they will and trust your body to tell you when you need breaks. I think that's going to be important. Ugh, I love it. I love it. I think I'm just going to listen to this podcast episode over and over and over again. Awesome. Like, what did Molly say? Right, right, right. Do the thing, Jill. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. And relax when you need to. It's it's yeah. so interesting when we get these big projects going. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. We're ramping up. It's like, shh, no, that's not sustainable. We no. have to make sure we take time to chill, sleep enough, relax, and it's all going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not worth the stress. So I'm Love excited it. for you. 
Thank you. Thank you, Molly. This has been great. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for being a guest on the show. And uh, where can people find you? Do you have a website or, or anything where they can just like plug in and find out about Jillian Abbey? Absolutely. So my website is queerabbey.com. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Ask Queer Abbey. And uh, my Instagram is Jillian Abbey Author because, you know, I can't make all my handles the same and make it easy <laughs> for everyone to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And it's been a lovely conversation today. Yeah, thanks, Molly. You're welcome. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, Book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.